welcome to Galsplained, the podcast where two best gals explain anything and everything to each other better than any man ever has. This week, we're diving into the wonderful world of coffee, coffee culture, coffee breaks, and caffeine addiction. We also answer the question, is coffee a drug? Yeah, you could Google it, but isn't it more fun to learn it from a friend? I'm Michelle. And I'm Claire. Michelle, cheers. Are you drinking coffee? Um, no, I'm drinking water, though, so I'll cheers you with my water. <gasps> oh, my goodness. I, for everyone, I guess everyone's listening. Nobody's watching us. For a second, I thought we were on YouTube. I will put... <laughs> I will post a picture of the wonderful coffee cup that Michelle got me this holiday season, and I love it so much. It has a number two on it, and it says the helper, which is my Enneagram. You know, (laughs) you know it. That Enneagram episode hit me hard, and uh, I thought she would enjoy drinking out of a mug that represented her best. Honestly, (laughs) I feel so seen when I got it. I was like... (gasps) And it didn't have a card or anything on it, but like I knew it was from you. I just knew it. Um, so are you drinking coffee right now, Claire? Yeah, and I think it's really funny. We talked about tea last week and this week we're talking about coffee. We're the beverage girls. I'm sorry, we're gonna rebrand. Uh <laughs> we only talk about beverages. Bev girls. <laughs> Next week, tomato juice. Ooh, you know what? I do love tomato juice. Ew. I know. Some people hate it. I'd rather have like a V8 over like a fruit punch. Uh, Oh. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. But Claire, how do you take your coffee? How are you drinking it right now? Um, I will drink it black a lot of times. But at home, I put a little bit of almond milk um, vanilla creamer in it. Mm, Uh, It's pretty good. It just has like... A little bit of sweetness that adds to it, but I have recently been really into going and getting coffee, getting a dirty chai, so I mix my coffee and my tea. Oh, I've never done that before. (laughs) Oh, it's so good. I get a chai tea latte made with almond milk, and I get one or two shots of espresso put in it, (gasps) dirty chai. Uh, I think my heart would stop. (laughs) It is so good. It's my drink of choice lately um, because it it mixes my two favorite things, coffee and tea. If only we could get Diet Coke in there, too. That's disgusting. You're disgusting. You disgust me. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Everybody knows Diet Coke is really my drink of choice, but I've conformed. I got a Keurig. I can't drink Diet Coke at nine in the morning. Meh. I mean, good, but, you know, might not be the best for you. But we'll talk about later why maybe coffee isn't the best for you either. So don't hate on all your choices, Claire. But for me, I feel like I uh, am at a place now where I can drink coffee however you give it to me. You know, I'm a New Yorker now. I lived in New York for a year. So that makes me a true New Yorker. That is absolute (laughs) sarcasm. Um, (laughs) But I found that now I can drink coffee black if I need to. But my preferred method is to put some little milk or cream. I don't really care if it's creamer or milk. Um, But at this point, I prefer oat milk of some kind. Uh, Mm -hmm. I try to avoid dairy just because it makes me feel sick. And if I can avoid like eating meat or drinking milk, I do. Not because of any like huge reason, just because, you know. And also almond milk is terrible for the environment, but I do drink it a lot. So not to shame you, Claire. I have almond yeah. milk in my fridge right now. We have oat milk 
creamer as well and I like that too it's just harder to find in the store so I'm hoping it becomes a little bit more accessible Starbucks doesn't even have oat milk yet they only have almond milk and coconut milk and who wants coconut milk yeah coffee that's gross and it's always more expensive like I get Dunkin usually over Starbucks and they just got oat milk and it's like I think a dollar more whereas like almond milk is like 50 cents more something like that it's ridiculous so so you're a Dunkin girl over Starbucks absolutely absolutely not only do I love their coffee more but I also um, can get a really good freaking donut. Yeah, this is something that Jeff and I disagree on. Uh, his northeastern blood is like donkeys all the way. Me too. Uh, he likes to drive fast and take chances in that Dunkin' drive-through, and I have been to Dunkin', and let me tell you, no two coffees are ever the same. You'll order the same thing from Dunkin' and it will taste completely different depending on who makes it. That is wild because I feel that for Starbucks. I feel like I always know what I'm getting from Dunkin'. In Starbucks, I feel like sometimes it's burnt, sometimes it's fine, sometimes it's like, I feel like Starbucks is all over the place. But I will say I have a crap ton of gift cards for Starbucks. And so I will be going to Starbucks for the next three months. (laughs) Yes, post a picture of you or a video of you drinking your first dirty chai. Oh, I'm a traitor. Oh, it's so good. Well, Michelle, (laughs) we've been saying the word coffee a lot, but I wanted to start us off on our topic today by brainstorming some other synonyms for coffee because there are about a thousand and every uh, every local coffee shop has a different name. Uh, Like in Friends, it was Central Park. Oh, Perk yes. is actually a synonym for coffee, according to thesaurus.com. Perk? Perk, yeah. Well, it perks you up, but you don't. You wouldn't say, I need some perk this morning, would you? I, that, that's what it says. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So can you think of any others? I mean, I don't know. There's, like, many different types of coffee. There's, like, lattes, mochas. Right. Espresso. Espresso. Cappuccino. I think the biggest synonym for coffee is Java. Oh, Java. A lot of people apparently call it brew, but I think since the beer culture is so strong in Charlotte, any place that has the word brew in it, I would not assume is a coffee shop. I would assume is a brewery. No, but a brew. Like, yeah, that's totally it. Because even Duncan, like they say like they have coffee on tap now, mm-hmm. too. So they kind of do are leading into that like barista thing now. Yeah. And what about Joe? Joe, cup of Joe. Oh, I'm trying to think now. All of these are so obvious, but I never say anything about coffee. I feel like those are the only obvious ones to me. I will read you some of the other ones. Okay. We've got ink. What? I kind of like the idea of like making a coffee shop and like the the name of it is just ink, but like with a period at the end. I feel like that's such a coffee shop, like like bubble letters ink, period. You know what I mean? Yes. When we talk about coffee culture, we have to talk about like aesthetic coffee shops too. But another word for it is mud. Oh, yeah. Apparently battery acid. Also Ew. a synonym. I don't like that. Then they have a bunch of French words. Hot stuff. It is hot stuff, I guess. That, that is true. Varnish remover. What? Varnish remover. I think they're just, I think this is just slang now. Are you sure this is an somebody's, urban dictionary? Somebody's screwing with us. Someone's screwing. But my favorite one, 
combines kind of Joe, Java, and the word mocha, it's Jamocha. That's bad. Well, I think one of our first experiences talking, thinking, learning about coffee was when we were in high school and we did How to Succeed in Business without really trying the musical. Yes. We... There's this wonderful song in it called Coffee Break, and it's a break from the plot of the rest of the show. I just, wanna, I just want to explain this to any viewers who may have missed our backstory as friends in any other episodes that Claire and I know each other because we went to high school together and we were both theater nerds. Um, yes. And we continue to be theater nerds even in our 20s. Um, yes. And we continue to be best friends even in our 20s. So yes. we were in many musicals together, though, in our very early youth. And in this musical, we played best friends, too. We did. It was so fun. Yeah. <laughs> so this song, at the time, we did not understand what it meant at all. It's these people fighting in a kind of, was it 50s or 60s? 50s, office, I believe. Yeah. 50s office, all about the last cup of coffee and how they all needed it. And if they couldn't take their coffee break, something died within them. And, like, everybody, the choreography was, like, twitching and, like, grasping. It was so funny. Uh (laughs) It was very fun, but, like, none of us had ever drank coffee. And I don't know. I think a lot of people actually do start drinking coffee in high school, but I definitely didn't start till college. Um, It was gross to me. So this was all out of nowhere. And now the song, as an adult, makes so much more sense. And I think it, the part that really got me was the the bridge when like everything is breaking down and my character sang about how the fluorescent lights were hurting her head and the chair was hurting her butt and the only thing that could help her, the one chemical substance that lets out the lead was coffee. <laughs> and I just think that that's hilarious because they're actually talking about like a caffeine addiction and how they're all like quaking in the fluorescent like crappy office and the coffee is the one spark in their day it's it's the drug that they all need oh foreshadowing um yeah so there's some crazy stuff that it was hinting at in the song that we actually do scientifically feel because of coffee caffeine in general is really interesting because it is a drug, which we'll get to, but the way it works is it's actually like a chemical mimic. So the chemical that it mimics specifically is called adenosine or adenosine, um, and it's a neuromodulator. Now, we had an episode all about brain stuff, like, I don't know, nine episodes ago or something like that. So I'm not going to go into the specifics of the science, because if you want exact science of how neurotransmitters work and stuff like that, we got a little more of that there. And this is a neuromodulator, so it's probably a bit different. But basically, all you need to know about adenosine is that it regulates blood flow to counterbalance excitatory chemicals. So these, it basically counterbalances chemicals that would generally stimulate your brain a little more. And it basically uses the adenosine to counterbalance this constantly. And once you're done with it, it uses it one more time to help you fall asleep at night. So that's Hmm. adenosine. But how does caffeine mimic it? It essentially looks just like adenosine and it that allows it to enter the receptors that adenosine would typically enter. And um, instead of activating those receptors, it just lets them all out. 
So basically, imagine that you have these like two friends and one of them is like the person who's constantly going crazy. They're the party friend, right? And they have a best friend though, right? Who's like constantly like holding them back. They're like, girl, just like, hold on. Like, let's just calm down. Like she's the chill friend, you know? And they balance each other out because of that. Well, imagine they have a third best friend who comes in and is like, no, we're going to party. And the other chill friend is like, I'm not going to party today. I'm going to go chill out. Bye bye. This girl got it. Well, now everyone's just partying. And that's basically what caffeine does. Caffeine is the second party best friend that allows the party to go on. So, yeah. I love that life (laughs) comparison. I needed that. Basically, if you are drinking caffeine, you're telling the chill friend to go home. (laughs) So caffeine is our, our bad influence. I, you know, I feel like bad influence is a bit of a stretch. Sometimes it's fun to like, you know, get things going, get things stimulated. But we'll get into a bit of like, why it's a drug later. Uh, It's interesting to think about for me, like, why, why we as a community have allowed this party friend to party so much. Can you explain that a little bit to me, Claire? Yes. Well, that was such a good transition to talk about coffee culture. I also want to say it's interesting because when I was doing cold shower every morning, I didn't feel like I needed the jolt of a cup of coffee. Um, But it's that same kind of sensation of like jolting you awake. So coffee culture is actually really interesting. I think we've all heard this terminology a lot, especially in the last few years as having a coffee shop on every corner has really like risen to be the thing. (laughs) There are local ones. People are like, support your local coffee shop. And coffee shops have become a lot more than just coffee. They have become places of work, places with Wi-Fi, places where creatives hang out and like muse and write. And so I think it's really interesting to think about how coffee culture has shaped us. But coffee culture is a set of traditions and social behaviors that surround the consumption of coffee, particularly as a, get ready for this word, social lubricant. I don't like that. (laughs) Why did you make me ready for that? (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So the term social lubricant means any food, beverage, drug, or activity that stimulates social interactions between people and helps them feel more comfortable in social settings and situations. So I actually used to go to a lot of networking events for my old job, and coffee was 100% that. Just like... Uh, holding a glass of wine serves you in some social situations to feel less awkward. Holding a cup of coffee was like the, hate to use this word again, social lubricant. (laughs) So other examples of social lubricants are alcoholic beverages. So beer, wine, coffee, tea, tobacco. So cigarettes or hookah, um, And another one that is very common that isn't actually something you consume is humor. Humor is considered to be the most prevalent social lubricant because it kind of lets everybody like relax. Uh, Yeah, I think I've actually heard that before. So Jeff and I actually have a really good idea one day to open up a 
brewery slash coffee shop slash comedy club. Oh, you need to not say these plans on the podcast. Someone's going to steal the idea. Um, It's trademark, so don't steal it. We want to call it. (laughs) We want to call it. Oh, my God. (laughs) Maybe we have to cut it. Maybe we should bleep that out because it's such a good idea. Yeah, I'm totally going to bleep it out. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's cool because I look at Starbucks, for instance, and see their growth as like this huge culture shift to like when especially especially when we were kids, like everyone was going to Starbucks. But I look at Starbucks now and I'm like, I wouldn't go to Starbucks to hang. I would go to like my local coffee shop. And I like toured around um, New England with a theater company a couple years ago. And uh, oof, that's weird to say. And uh, <laughs> and when I did, like my favorite thing was going to each small town we went to and finding their local coffee shop and like ordering a coffee from there to like see how it tastes. And like not even the coffee itself is why I liked going there, but just like the environment of what the local coffee shop looks like was really like cool to me. Yeah, that's become such a big deal, like supporting local, figuring out I feel like local coffee shops really give you a perspective of what the area is like. And I know in Charlotte, just like in New York, but on a much, much smaller scale, we have different neighborhoods. And the really prevalent coffee shop in each neighborhood really does give you kind of the direct comparison to what the neighborhood is like. So down the street from me, there's a cute little coffee shop called Sunflower with a U-R, like because it's also a bakery and there's art on the wall and there's always people working in there and it has kind of a mix of a lot of people passing through on their way to work but also you can sit and hang out for a while whereas all of our coffee shops in uptown are a lot more like grab and go uh quick paced before the pandemic of course (laughs) yeah and I just think that that's really interesting. But a big shift in making coffee shops so accessible and such a place to hang out, not just pass through, is free Wi-Fi, right? Yeah. (laughs) I sat in many a coffee shop when I was uh, traveling abroad to just literally be able to see, get some internet connection. Right. And it encourages people to do their business and their personal work there. And I think certain coffee shops push you to want to do business there, have business meetings there. That's the vibe. When I was having a lot of business meetings, when I first moved to Charlotte and was networking, I had a specific coffee shop that was for those type of meetings. I had one that I wanted to go to when it was more of a casual meeting. It was in an old house that had been renovated. And then I had one when I wanted to go and just work somewhere and relax. That was a completely different vibe too. So I just think it's really interesting Like when I wanted to work on a creative project, I wanted to be stimulated and surrounded by other creatives working on projects. So Michelle, I want to talk about our favorite coffee shops throughout our lives. And I think we have to start in high school with our hangout spot. Yeah, we had a friend whose family managed. Yeah, we had a friend whose family like managed a coffee shop in our area. Can we name them? Yeah. Uh, It was called Johnny's Gone Fishing, and they would have, like, crepe trucks that would come out um, outside of it, like, once a week. And, like, it was – it had local artwork, and they had, like, an ice cream stand outside. Um, And it was just – 
of like music would happen. And it was definitely like our hangout place when we were in high school. Yeah, it was like an old house that had been renovated in uh, Carborough, which is a very crunchy, fun area. And our friend Grace, her mom, I think like tons of credit to her, really made it what it was. It wasn't just a coffee shop. They started having open mic nights there. They started like hosting different hangouts there. They had board games you could play there. Um, she started the ice cream stand in the back and hung market lights. And it just became more of rather than like a coffee shop, it was more of like everything was there. If it was your one stop shop, they started like serving beer and wine. Which is interesting because we also didn't drink coffee. So we went there for the ambiance. And then in college, uh, there was a coffee shop that everyone went to in Greensboro called Tate Street Coffee because it was on Tate Street. And oh my gosh, I still miss their lattes and their bagels. I think that's really interesting because at Elon, it was called the Oak House and it was right on like our main street. And Elon has a bunch of oak trees. So and half of it was a coffee shop and the other half was a bar. But Uh during the day, you could drink your cup of coffee while sitting at the bar and like do work. And it was a very college-y vibe. And then at Uh night, you could still be doing work if you wanted. But people also like met, hung out there. They had flight night. They had half bottle night. When I talk to people about like what they miss from college, people always mention if they went to Elon, they always mention Oak House. But I think people always mention their coffee shop because it was such a big part of their college experience. Like I did more work there than I did in the library for sure. Yeah. And especially like people with arts degrees, I feel like like our my coffee shop was right next to our theater buildings. But also, like so many artsy things happen at coffee shops. Like I went, it's like this room at Tate Street is like a tiny, tiny room. And I once went to watch Drunk Shakespeare in it. Like, it's insane how a coffee shop just facilitates so many things like that. Like I was sitting on the floor watching this. Um but yeah, it definitely like coffee shops. Everyone probably has a coffee shop like Oak House or um, Tate Street that they like is near and dear to their hearts from college or something like that. Because like so much more happened there than just drinking coffee. And I really didn't drink coffee that much outside of coffee culture um, until I moved to New York. Like I drink it pretty often, but not like daily. And then I moved to New York And it became an absolute daily thing for me. And it wasn't just about the culture of um, going out and socializing, but um, needing to be productive and moving every day. And that's how coffee became a drug for me. But we'll get to that in a second on coffee being a drug. For now, I think I hear a bell ringing for a little bit. I got to refill my cup of coffee. Let's take a little coffee break slash recess, Claire. All right, folks, welcome to recess. Here we are. My K-Cup is brewing me a fresh pot for part two while we take a little break and talk about last week's episode, which was all about honey. Um, it's actually interesting to me because I think we might have mentioned this, but we did basically a tea episode last week and a coffee episode this week. And we asked you all, what do you like more, coffee or tea? And a lot of people picked coffee, so I'm glad this week has been all about coffee, but 
a few people did say coffee is greater than tea unless it's chai. I do agree with that. I do agree with that. Have you ever had throat coat tea? Oh, yeah. Oh, that is like the (laughs) actor thing to use. I remember in college, I used to have it all the time. And I showed one of my non-actor friends about it, my friend Rachel. And she was like obsessed with it. Oh, I got to use the throat coat. I got to go get the throat coat. It's magical. Mm hmm. This is not a sponsor. Well, we also asked on our Instagram, what shape other than a bear would you like to see honey sold in? And I thought some of those answers were fun. Yeah, I was surprised. One person said llama. (laughs) A lot of people said a honey pot, like poo, poo's jar. Uh, Somebody said nothing. Bears are the perfect animal in all ways possible. Wow. Um, Classic. Thank you. Thank you for that answer. And- I think my favorite answer is B, Beyonce sponsored, question mark. I do love that. So the idea (laughs) would be shaping the honey like a bee, but like it's Beyonce, like because because they're the beehive, right? The bayhive. Yeah. You know, when you open like one of those cards and it sings a song, I think you could pop the top off of honey and it would just start singing. I put my love on top baby <laughs> oh and the love on top is the honey you pour on top yes oh that's it we might have to bleep this whole section out we need to call beyonce um so that we can get this sponsorship yeah, yeah. yeah. and bay joint pon- sponsorship with honey well is there anything else our lovely lovely listeners said to us this week Well, I think you should share what your mother said to you. Oh, right. My mother finally got around to listening to our turtleneck podcast from a long, long time ago. She berated me. If anyone has ever listened to that episode, she berated me for uh, throwing away my old turtlenecks. But she also sent some lovely honey facts. Like, for instance, and Claire knew this. I didn't know this, that you eat if you eat local honey, it's said to possibly help and i don't know if this is an old wives tale or this is real but it said that it helps with allergies since it's made from the pollen in your area if you eat local honey yes so support your local farmer's market Mm -hmm. also if you get stung by a bumblebee put some honey on the sting it will neutralize the poison i did not know that and i'm gonna go outside and wait to get stung by a honeybee (laughs) and try it out (laughs) i don't recommend that uh this is just my mom's tips for science, wrong. Michelle. <laughs> for gals playing. <laughs> well, with that, I think the bell is ringing. It is time to <laughs> grab my cup of coffee and head over to part two of our pod. See you there. Well, we're back. My cup is piping hot once again. <laughs> Welcome back. Uh, I think it's time to discuss why that piping hot cup of coffee, cup of joe, is actually a psychosomatic drug. Injected in my veins. Oh, God. <laughs> so, I've actually heard that before. I need coffee on an IV. Oh, yeah. I've definitely said that before. Sorry, not psychosomatic, psychoactive drug, by the way. Mm. I don't want to misinform. So basically... We talked a bit about how caffeine works, and it basically can facilitate faster information through a process called cerebral entropy, which I didn't look up what that is, but it sounds pretty cool. 
Um, <laughs> before we get into the side effects, because this is basically why I wanted to talk a bit about um, it being a drug, because it is addictive, and we're not going to go super into like how it's addictive or what that happens with withdrawal, but basically, like like a drug of any kind, it can cause side effects, but it also can help you with a lot of things. So starting with the good news, um, if only right, between... Just like abusing anything, just yeah. like overusing anything. I, I feel the same way about sugar, processed food, like, but coffee in my rapid fire questions is, I'm going to put this in air quotes, the most addictive drug or the most, the thing that the most people are addicted to daily. Yeah, and it's the world's most consumed psychoactive drug, if I haven't already said that like five times. So that's pretty like insane. Like it's that normalized in our society through like multiple cultures and aesthetics. And that's fine. Like I take too much ibuprofen that I probably should take. And that's honestly very <laughs> dangerous. Um, way more dangerous than caffeine probably for me. But like it's 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 fine in a small enough dosage, you know, and it does have helpful things. Um if you only have like between two to five cups of coffee a day, which in my opinion is a lot to have even two cups of coffee. But if you have that daily, it can actually increase alertness and well-being. It helps concentration. It improves your mood and it limits depression, which we'll get to the depression part. But pretty and pretty big things about helping concentration and improving your like well-being and mood. Right? Yeah, and I don't know if you're going to talk about this at all, about your bowel movements, but I know a lot of people that drink coffee, like it helps regulate them. It's a natural diuretic. And Absolutely. Their body, their body relies on like one cup a day. Yeah. I mean, I think I saw something about it, like helping with antioxidants and stuff like mm -hmm. that. And that's why. Um, but... I'm going to list this off like I would if I was in a pharmaceutical commercial, which if you're not American, you never see that because it's <laughs> freaking weird. But here are some side effects, including to the most trusted resource for side effects, WebMD. Should I do the background <laughs> music? Sure. Go ahead. Go ahead. All right. Ready? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> um, so side effects can include insomnia, nervousness, restlessness, stomach irritation, nausea, vomiting, increased heart rate and respiration. It can make sleep disorders in patients with immunodeficiency to syndromes worse, such as AIDS. Other things it can make worse are anxiety disorders, bipolar disorder, bleeding disorders, heart conditions, diabetes, epilepsy, glaucoma, high blood pressure, IBS, osteoporosis, Parkinson's disease and schizophrenia. Caffeine should not be consumed in extremely high quantities while pregnant or breastfeeding as it could cause issues. So this is about mainly, except I think for like digestive issues, caffeine rather than just coffee. Absolutely. And okay. that's like, obviously, like we said before, this is like major um, dosages, but at the same time, it affects everyone differently. So like the way that you your brain processes it could be different because of just plain genetics, honestly, or just based on how your receptors are shaped, which right. you don't know and you can't control. It affects me a lot differently than, say, my roommate or you. So my roommate drinks a lot of coffee um, and sh it helps her greatly. And that's awesome. Um, I have actually recently started to like tone down the coffee and started drinking more tea because it has less of a caffeine dosage. That's why like I think this like talk is more specific for coffee because coffee usually has more caffeine than like tea or other stuff. 
Also, yeah. by the way, sodas like soda and energy drinks. Energy drinks usually have just as much caffeine, if not more than coffee. I was reading, though, that like how much coffee per day is healthy. I think you mentioned this. Mm-hmm. But the amount of caffeine in four cups of brewed coffee is equivalent to 10 cans of soda. Yeah, it so. definitely is more than soda, but energy yeah. drinks do give them a run for their money sometimes. Oh, yeah, for sure. I, I cannot drink energy drinks. <laughs> I, have, I have never because like a lot of energy drinks are actually two servings and people don't realize that and they drink an entire like monster Mm-mm. and then their heart is racing because you're only supposed to drink half. Yeah. And uh. I will get to this in a second, but this kind of adds to like mental health a bit um, and like why this can affect mental health and like why personally it's affected me. So I'm going to start a bit like on the good news side. So I did say um, that caffeine can help depression, which is absolutely true. So the the mimicked uh, neuromodulator that we were talking about earlier, remember adenosine, it Mm -hmm. causes depression and fatigue because it's you know, it's not, it limits excitatory function. So it can cause depression and fatigue. Since caffeine blocks adenosine from being released, this lowers depression for some people. So I think that is actually really amazing if it does help with that for you. Um, Definitely don't let this scare you away from drinking coffee. You know, when it works, works. Um, And also studies have shown that a small dose of caffeine a day can enhance mood. In fact, older individuals are sometimes more sensitive to these effects. It can also really increase your arousal and your dopamine. If you remember our brain episode, remember dopamine is the reward chemical. So like it basically makes you feel like you're being rewarded. Right. For sure. So those are good. (laughs) (laughs) I'm, I'm like bracing for the bad news. So... I, I want to start with my personal experience with the bad news. So I, it's not that big of a deal, first of all. And like I said, it differs for everyone. I had um, just getting like real, real for just a moment. I had pretty bad anxiety. I still have pretty bad anxiety disorders. Um, but I had a lot of like panic attacks when I was in college. Um, and I was around the time I was starting to drink coffee um, pretty regularly um, just every so often. And if I had coffee, it would give me a panic attack. And so like I had Mm. to stop cold turkey drinking coffee when I was in college because it would give me panic attacks. Um, and I wasn't even drinking that much. Like I've never really drank more than two cups a day, um, in a usual sense for me, it just affected me in that way. And I think that's because actually, this. So typically high doses do induce anxiety symptoms. And a 2005 study noted that excessive caffeine consumption leads to psychiatric conditions such as anxiety disorders and psychotic symptoms. So it is possible Mm -hmm. in high doses. But apart from that, caffeine induced symptoms look a lot like anxiety symptoms. So both anxiety and caffeine have symptoms of nervousness, restlessness, trouble sleeping, a fast heart rate and gastrointestinal problems. So for me, I'm a person who like, if I start feeling symptoms of anxiety, it makes me more anxious. So if you are a person who is affected by that, then feeling the symptoms of caffeine and not really understanding it totally, it can snowball those effects into anxiety and kind of make them one in the same. That makes sense. Yeah. So 
like for me, I later on started drinking more coffee and now it doesn't give me panic attacks anymore. Um, thankfully, <laughs> but like I do take it in smaller doses because I do feel like my heart thumping in my chest and it freaks me out if I drink too much. Also, I started taking less coffee, drinking less coffee because it was making my eye twitch. Literally. <laughs> yeah. Ah, that's so scary. Yeah, and I think that's like a combination of like lack of sleep and stress. So obviously, caffeine is not the only culprit. But I was like, you know, if I don't have to drink that much caffeine, um, I don't really want my eye to twitch. (laughs) I think a lot of people get to a breaking point with caffeine or coffee in college. I think that people are tired and they start relying on caffeine to perk them up in the morning, perk them up at night, and it becomes like this unhealthy addiction, really. Uh, I thankfully have not had any bad run-ins with coffee, only digestive issues sometimes with certain kinds of coffee, but truly, I I feel like I was not a coffee drinker, did not like the taste for a long time. And I would only have iced coffee every now and again. And I've recently Mm. just gotten into it like one cup a day in the last year or so. And not even every day, but I do like a caffeine boost. Days that I don't have coffee, I like a caffeinated tea, a soda, whatever it is. Normally just, just one. Yeah, I feel like I do still need that caffeine boost a little bit. Um, and honestly, caffeine's never fully helped me like awaken myself, but like it does kind of give you that ritual, which uh, lets me go into a little bit more good news that there are ways to limit your intake and limit the side effects. Because actually, if you are addicted to coffee and you're like, I need to not be addicted to coffee, it can actually induce anxiety to withdraw yourself from coffee and caffeine so like so quickly. So. Yeah. A few little tips on if you're thinking of like, you know, maybe cutting down or delay having coffee for at least an hour when you wake up. So if you have coffee or any sort of caffeine, really, when you wake up in the morning, your body is depending on that caffeine to wake up in the morning. You're like Mm -hmm. training your body basically to have that caffeine first. And you were actually talking earlier about how when you take cold showers or when you were taking cold showers in the morning before your coffee, it was waking you up more. And that's because you weren't allowing yourself to be dependent on the coffee and you're instead relying on your brain's natural wake-up cycle along Mm. with your own rituals of taking a cold shower. And you put time and um, your own biological wake-up system between using that drug in the morning, essentially. That's interesting. I'll have to experiment more with other ways to naturally wake myself up because I am very slow to wake in the morning. Oh, me too. (laughs) I'm the type of person who will be in bed for like two hours scrolling through my phone, lying there petting my cat. And then finally, I'm like, should I get up? And then I'm there for like another hour. (laughs) It's bad. I read my phone in the morning right after I wake up. I will not remember what I read right away. Oh, wow. I'll be like, wait, I think I had a text from Michelle. I got to read it again. Even if I (laughs) responded to it, it's crazy. I feel that. I feel like my text, I should never check my text early in the morning because I forget instantly. (laughs) Also, um, if coffee is not a habit for you already, just don't let it become a habit. Only drink it if you need a functional boost. And I feel like I would struggle with that because I actually like drinking coffee now whenever... 
I just want the taste because I love coffee. I love the taste of it, especially when it's like sugary. <laughs> um, so, yeah, but the tip there is just avoid it. And also, obviously, avoid it. Avoid from drinking it within six hours of your bedtime. Right. Because you'll sleep better. I think that makes a lot of sense. It's interesting because I feel like our, especially U.S. coffee culture has made people reliant on coffee in the workplace as well. Uh-huh. Yeah, I wanted to talk a little bit about coffee breaks, which we mentioned our little song earlier that we did in high school. Um, so coffee breaks, the origination of them, no one's really sure. There's a lot of different stories about maybe they came from Norway, maybe Germany. Some people think a group of women in Wisconsin started them. Some people <laughs> think... That it started in a Maxwell Coffee House, no, in a Maxwell House coffee ad. Oh, that would make sense. Coffee breaks were actually in the 1950s written in to union contracts that you had to have a coffee break or a break, whatever it was, smoke break, coffee break. Well, that might also be it too. Like smoke breaks were probably more a thing. And then like as I can imagine that as smoking became less popular, people still wanted breaks. Right. So in the 1950s, when the coffee breaks were written into union contracts, it became like that water cooler talk that you have at the office became coffee break talk. And journalists have actually suggested that I'm not even going to try to say the German word. Maybe I will. Coffee klatsch which is a German domestic tradition of gossiping around mugs of coffee, was adopted by American corporate culture. Yeah, absolutely. And I found some interesting excerpts from articles and editorials in the 1950s about coffee. So an editorial in 1959 in an issue of the Austin Statesman newspaper said that, and I quote, if Operation Coffee makes Joe Worker a brighter guy, his wife could reap a few benefits by instating a coffee break even in the home. It continues, <laughs> the average housewife is on the job long before the factory whistle blows or office routine begins, and she's still going strong after the business day is over. She's heard of the eight-hour day, but even with our modern work-saving devices, she seldom enjoys one. So basically suggesting that Women should make their own coffee breaks at home in the 1950s because men were enjoying them in the workplace and reaping the benefits. I guess that's feminism. <laughs> and then another article in 1959 in the Atlanta Constitution, the headline of the article was a coffee break is more than goofing off. And it was talking about how coffee breaks were, and they quote, the town meeting brought up to date and dressed in work clothes. So it was like the moment to convene about office gossip, things going on, uh, which I think is really interesting. Yeah. It's also very social, just like we we're talking about earlier. Yeah. And I think during COVID, a lot of people have missed working from home, having that water cooler coffee cup chit chat every hour you spend five minutes going to refill your water walking to the bathroom getting another cup of coffee and being able to chit chat with your coworker. what did you do this weekend i don't know <laughs> <laughs> i'm not in corporate america anymore nope. but i 
I was when COVID first hit. And it was really interesting to see kind of people in my network trying to deal with not having these interactions anymore. And you mentioned this earlier, at home, when you don't allow yourself a water break, a coffee break, and you don't have this kind of culture built into your home, it leads to a lot faster burnout. Because you're not getting up and taking a break and chatting with someone and taking your mind off of work for five minutes. Mm -hmm. Like all you're giving yourself is a quick lunch and that's like barely relaxed or like taking your mind off it at that point because you're eating. (laughs) And I wanted to finish us off with some rapid fire kind of Google coffee questions. So I Googled, is coffee good for you? which was, I just typed in is coffee and good for you was the first thing that was listed below it. And so it basically says what you said. Coffee is good for you. It can also be bad for you. Um, And then I kept scrolling down and one of the questions that people asked a lot was, what is the healthiest way to drink coffee? And it's very interesting that people might not know this. They had to list it. Do not load your coffee with sugar. (laughs) Choose a quality brand, preferably organic. Add some cinnamon to your coffee. I actually don't like that, but some people do. What drink is healthy at Starbucks? There's a lot of questions about Starbucks. Why does coffee make you poop? A lot of people wanted to know that. Apparently, it stimulates the muscles in your colon. Well, yeah, because it's letting the stimulants run loose. It's letting all of them run loose. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. So people Google this a lot. Does caffeine, does cutting caffeine help anxiety? Yes, exactly what you said. But my personal favorite question, which was included in this list for some unknown reason, does Mark Zuckerberg drink coffee? What? (laughs) None. He stays away from caffeine entirely was on the list. Why do we know this? Why do we know this? I don't know, but why was this on the list of most commonly asked Google questions about coffee? I guess those it's like those crazy people who want to be just like Mark Zuckerberg, which is weird because you can't be just like an alien because they're not yeah. like us. I mean, he's also stealing our information. So why do we want to be just like him? He wants you to be just like him. <laughs> well, anyways, with those conspiracy theories, that's the end. Follow us <laughs> on at Pod on Instagram and Twitter. And for our homework today, are you addicted to coffee? Let us know on our social media. Subscribe, rate, and review. And we'll see you next time, folks. Bye. Bye.